Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first 2021 edition of Smoking and Toastin'. It's the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 216, and we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Excellent shirts for cigar lovers, uh, and uh, they, they come in all kinds of sizes and shapes and styles of shirts, so it's definitely uh, worth checking out. And they're a sponsor of the show, and their shirts start at under $20. You got some really cool stuff. Yeah, MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Thank you. Welcome to the show, Ian, my uh, my friend, and it feels like I haven't seen you in forever. We we took two weeks off from the show because the, the shows would have landed on Christmas Eve, and then we were talking about doing a show on New Year's Eve, and we were like, no, nah, I don't think so. I'm well, not going to be. In, yeah. I'm not going to be in any shape to be doing a show on New Year's Eve. So uh, so we took that <laughs> week off too, and here we are back, and it's a great show because Joseph Breda joins us again from Old Humble Distilling. Joseph, welcome. Cheers, guys. It is so nice to see you again. It How is. are things at uh, at Old Humble? Well, we made it through the apocalypse. Well, so uh, there's that. <laughs> you know, there's this feeling. And everybody seems to have it, even with all of the, you know, weird stuff that happened at the Capitol yesterday and all that, which I don't want to go into. But, but even with that, there's this feeling I'm noticing from everybody. It's like, okay, we made it to 2021. It's got to get better now. It has to, right? <laughs> I mean, it has to. If we could go places and do things by the end yeah. of the year, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that would be that's amazing, the definition of getting better. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll take anywhere, go anywhere, and do any kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, we'll get into this a little more later. But overall, how have you guys at Old Dumble dealt with, you know, lockdowns and the economic issues, and how has it treated you, and what have you been able to do to, to, to kind of keep the ship afloat? Wow. Uh, well, uh, starting in October of 2019, I took the distillery full time. Okay. I started doing it full time. I had been doing it part time before then. Great timing, by yeah, the way. Yeah, fantastic it? timing. <laughs> uh, and. You know, we were you know, pouring time into doing the tastings. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, November, December, it was tough to get time because I was already behind schedule. Right, because it was already uh, close to the end of the yeah, year. Everybody yeah, everybody had already booked up their spots, and it was tough. But then come January and February, we were in the stores. We were selling. Product was moving off the shelves, and it was it was going in the right trajectory. And then in March, everything shuts down. Boom, yeah. So I couldn't go into the, our primary marketing tool. Uh, was doing sampling in was the stores? Was doing sampling yeah. in the stores. That's that makes our primary. Sense. It's the most inefficient way to do it because I can only be in one place at one time. Right. Uh, but it's also the most effective because, you know, you put this uh, you put this stuff in people's mouths. They like it. They drink it. Right. That's it. I mean, and they're talking to the guy who created it, which also yeah, gives you a little more yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I've yet to figure out how to train sales staff to replicate that. <laughs> it, no, that's one of the tougher things. Tough. I mean, and you see some of the companies, especially some of the larger ones that will hire like, you know, spokesmodel types. And there's always a big difference between the ones who studied their one sheet mm -hmm. and right. the ones that didn't, you know. Yeah. Then, then you also get a lot of times you walk into a place where they're doing samples and you get the people who are just hired to pour samples yeah. and know nothing yeah. whatsoever yeah. about exactly. it. And that the that kind of sucks. Yeah. They, they're they're very effective at drawing a crowd, but they're very yes. bad at closing the sale. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, they're very bad at closing the sale mm. for the alcohol, which is what I'm trying to get them to market and sell. Well, there's exactly. no dog in that fight. You know, yeah. there's the, they don't care. They're, they're, they're getting else. paid their hourly to stand there and pour it. <laughs> well, right. I will just mention you're back now on Smoking and Toasting, we all, and we always talk about how Smoking and Toasting does, in fact, directly influence sales. Often it will be because 
Ian or myself will stop on the way home and buy a bottle, <laughs> uh, a bottle. you know. And and I'm going to tell you that happens a lot more often than you might think it does. <laughs> That's yeah. true. I believe it. And uh, and it, you know, but but we've seen it happen other ways. It was I, I was just thinking about um uh when we did I think Ian it was our first of those Things we do sometimes on a Saturday where we do just a virtual uh, sm- uh, smoke and smoke toast fest, and yeah. smoke fest, and we just invite anybody that listens to the show to join in. We put out the Zoom uh, connection, and it, like it was like our very first one. And one of the guys, we always ask, "Hey, what are you smoking? What are you drinking?" And one of the guys on the Zoom call had gone out and bought a bottle of the very gin that we tried on the show yeah. that week. Yeah, that was so, Blake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it was tough. like, okay, smoking and toasting does directly influence sales. <laughs> and it's not yeah, just yeah. Ian and me. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. uh, and actually, that's what I needed to figure out how to do in March when I couldn't go into the stores anymore right. and put my junk in people's mouths. Right. I had to figure out how to do that virtually. It's yeah. uh, So we... Uh, doubled down our efforts on Twitter, doubled down our efforts on Instagram, kind of throttled back a little bit on Facebook because we weren't seeing the same kind of engagement that we were seeing elsewhere, uh, but kind of maintained it. We didn't didn't Mm -hmm. push harder. We just kind of maintained. uh, Started putting out content on our YouTube channel. Um, Basically, we got our Twitter followers up from like 100 to over 5,000. We got our YouTube followers up from... Something like three to four hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, Listen, we started doing a podcast. They're harder to, they're harder to come by on YouTube. That's yeah. for sure. It's, yeah. I haven't quite cracked that uh, that code with the type of show that we do. We do a quarantine happy hour, which is oh, basically cool. I get on a guest and we talk for an hour, like you know you used to do. Yeah, have a couple of drinks, have a conversation. What do you do? What kind of movie you watch? We have a conversation. It's a yeah. fun time. I like it. Uh, and I try to keep it tight. Try to keep it at a tight <laughs> hour, um, and then you know. We're done because I've found that one of the things that annoys me most about podcasts are when they don't really have a tight time slot, right? And their conversation just kind of kind of go on and on. Drifts are you into, trying to tell us something? No, y'all y'all run a tight ship. Well, so I'll just uh, I'll just mention since you uh, since you set it up so well, um, one of the things we're doing as of today's show uh, is we're basically restructuring the uh, the time elements of the show yep. to make it into a two hour show. Now that said, it won't be two hours long. What's going on here is we have been approached about making smoking and toasting available as a program that can be syndicated to, to radio. like broadcast radio. So it could be cool. on your favorite talk station on a Saturday afternoon Very or whatever. Exciting. So in order to do that it needs to be structured like a two hour show, but they would the stations would all have to put commercials in it. So we're basically going to a uh, format now where we'll do six segments, and that'll give them places that if it winds up on broadcast radio, they can put their commercials in between them, and and we're going to have to be a little more um, stringent stringent about yeah. our, our time. So so that all is happening soon, isn't happening yet, but but for the next few shows, we'll be trying our hand at actually shutting our mouths at the end of the uh, segments and keeping things on time. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Now, it, it is Very exciting, cool. actually. You know, I figure, you know, there's guys out there that have listened to shows like Cigar Dave for uh, for a long time, and you know yeah. he, he does a great show. But it's a very different kind of thing, yeah. I think, than what we do here. For one thing, he doesn't have drinking news, no. and that's what I feel like. <laughs> if we have, as long as we have drinking news, we it's like our ace in our hand. You know, I'm looking forward to it. 
It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. Uh, so it's been an interesting couple of weeks across the holidays. News has been a little slow, uh, you know, in the industry as everybody kind of took a break for the uh, for the holidays. Although there's some things beginning to happen and some lists beginning to come out of best of the year and things like that. That really started around Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but it's uh, but it's continuing. Cigar Aficionado has not started uh, unle- unleashing their top twenty-five. They certainly do like they do the biggest virtual drum roll. I've ever seen oh, right. about the unleashing of that list. What they do is, I think on, <clears throat> I want to say it's the 14th, maybe it's a couple of days earlier than that, uh, they do like number 20 through number uh, 16, and then they do the next five, and then on and on until they've done the ten, uh, the the top, uh, I, th- I think I'm wrong, I think they start at 15, and then anyway, at, when they finally, after they've unle- unveiled number one, then they release like the bottom ten, which is kind of a weird way yeah. to do it. So, but anyway, we'll we'll let them do their thing, and then we'll recap their list mm. once it's all done. It's a lot easier to do it that way. Uh, but it's always interesting to see, and as we've talked about before, it always has a big impact on what sells in mm, the following big year time. in terms of cigars. So we'll get to that. Uh, so uh, Joseph has brought some sort of mystery concoction here <laughs> in a completely unlabeled uh, bottle, but I'm already. St- I'm already Look looking at this and is. saying it is looks dark and delicious. What are we what are we going to be tasting later in the show? So one of the things that we did during the apocalypse was I opened up our labs and uh played with fun. You know, I had time on my hands, yeah. I had a little bit of whiskey on my hands, uh, and I had plenty of coffee in my house. Um, so what this is is it is eventually going to be called our black magic coffee liqueur. It is a cold brew coffee steeped in our straight whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's roughly 60-ish proof. Okay. Uh, when we put it into a label, it will be right at um, between 55 and 60 proof, depending on uh, uh, how I do the final formulation of it. Uh, this is probably a little bit closer to 65, so it's going to have a oh. little bit a little bit more of the, the punch see, to it. Did you see the extra sparkle in <laughs> Ian's eyes when you said this was going to be closer you know, to 65? I, I, I remember um, talking to, to Chris Hart when we first had him on the show and he was talking about how much he just had gotten to love overproof whiskeys. Well, I always kind of like them. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of getting the same way too. Just the flavor profile on an overproof mm-hmm. whiskey in general, I think is just bolder. And, and I really enjoy it. Chris is not only our smoking and toasting whiskey expert, which we've just sort of named him, but he also does his own uh, show <laughs> called Whiskey Neat, where he mm-hmm. uh, interviews favorite people and they drink uh, uh, booze that you can't that buy you can't anywhere get. in the <laughs> world. Uh, <clears throat> so if if that's interesting to you, uh, check it out because the show is actually very good. It's a lot, lot of fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I'd get a call from him after we won a gold medal at the London International see, Spirits Competition. See, but, but here you are on smoking yeah. and toasting. Hey, Chris, come on, come on, get with the program. <laughs> we'll have to give him a nudge. Hey, um, I. I just wanted to mention that I think it's very impressive that after the that through the apocalypse this is what you came up with because like you mentioned I also during the holidays had a little extra time on my hands and had some whiskey on my hands mm-hmm. as you mentioned but what I did didn't create anything like this it just <laughs> it just made me sleep really late the next well, day Well so for me uh through the apocalypse as you guys uh have said um I I keep having less and less whiskey on my hands uh, and, That's a problem. and you, have, you have the same problem with your humidor I remember Yes yeah, yeah. So my humidor is 
How you doing these days? When I get home, I'll have two cigars. But in those it. are the two I just brought you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. I smoked, I smoked my very last cigar that I had in there for today's uh, review. See, this, I, I got to do some refilling. This makes me feel like a very special friend. I want you to know that. <laughs> no, your timing. I have is awesome. come through in your time of need, just like you did for me when I was in L.A. That was uh, your, your timing was, is awesome. That was that was cigar rescue. <laughs> um, so I. I would guess that maybe it was that last cigar that you smoked that you might want to uh, mention I, when you tell us about something interesting that you smoked this week. I went out on my uh, patio this morning and um, pulled out the last cigar. I was kind of saving this for, for my uh, review. So uh, I bought it a couple weeks ago when I was at the uh, Casa. And um, I, it looked interesting. I hadn't seen it before. Mm -hmm. um, and that could be, it could have been out forever, but this is a 2020 uh, edition. I think it just came out. And I think it's a, a, the branding is, is kind of an older one that they'd released in like 2013 or something like that. But I hadn't seen it uh, before. And, um, and this is this is kind of different for me because first off, it's a CAO. CAO has been a little bit off my radar for a while because CAO... They used, to, they used to be one of my they, favorite yeah, brands. Yeah, they used to be absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. I used to get the CAOs, the MX2s <clears throat> all the time were one of my favorite go-tos. And then their quality control tanked. Well, you know, they sold to one of the big companies. And, and then um, much like what happened with Camacho. Right, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, and so once their quality control tanked, uh, I, I've heard, you know, in the last few years that their quality controls come up. I've smoked one here, there, and enjoyed it. But uh, but they haven't made it back onto my radar as my sure. regular rotation mm -hmm. because of that. You know, I mean... Uh, I've just moved on to some different stuff, but I saw this, and uh, and I bought it. It's a CAO Vision. It's a beautiful, beautiful mm. cigar. Like the uh, the visual on this is amazing. It's a milk chocolate brown, uh, kind of medium light brown is what I call it. Leafy with some veins. It's got the like you can see the the whole leaf in that wrapper. Yeah, I love it's that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, oily oh, a little that bit. That is beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Simple, distinctive band and footer on it. Uh, pretty firm overall with some softer spots in there. Um, uh, the construction felt pretty good. The pre-light sniff on this, earthy, coffee, some barnyard, some hay, and definitely cedar. The pre-light draw on this, sweet. Sweet. Really? Sweet with coffee and chocolate. Sweet with, <laughs> uh, like, cedar and sweet with earth. Um, but a very overall sweetness. The initial light. You ready for this one? Yeah. Bubble gum. What? Really? I don't think I've ever heard you use that word in a uh, tasting... Uh, Bubblegum for a cigar. I've actually really? tasted that in in, in a whiskeys and some other different sure, things. Sure. I've had that flavor in there before. And I'm talking about the classic pink bubblegum flavor. So you're talking you about know? like the one you take out of the wrapper and it's got that little white sweet stuff yeah. on, on the <laughs> you edge exactly and you what chew I'm it. Yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about. Classic pink bubblegum. Bubble 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 uh, so that was double one of the bubble. first yeah. things that hit me. I was like, wow, that's because it, it was so Ballpark. sweet too, and it had that like that powdery <laughs> sugar kind of yeah. Flavor to it. Do you it. remember the ones you would buy that came with like baseball cards or something like that? Yes. And and they oh. were like crisp. Yes. You had to like chew yeah. them up in your mouth before they'd yeah, soften they'd up. Yeah, they break and up and then you yeah. have to chew them up. Yeah. <laughs> but that flavor was still the same. Yes, the very distinctive flavor. Uh, and so that that kind of hit me right off the bat. I was like, huh, that's what it, it took me a second because I was like, what is that? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, spicy coffee, earth, hay, and some white pepper right there on the initial light. It was very interesting. Uh, it wasn't a big blast of anything, but it was interesting yeah. flavors right off the bat. The first third of this, sweet, creamy, wood, and spices, underlying bubblegum sugariness, uh, cookies and cinnamon in the retro hail. I nice. mean, this thing was just fun. Yeah, like, it sounds like it. Like um, Fun is a good word because it's not something you often say about... A cigar, it, it but the flavors a, you're describing. Right. It was a lot of unexpected flavors. Yeah. Uh, the second third of this, 
Uh, I started kind of honing in on it. Sweet cedar uh, leather made an appearance. Hay. It had this pie crust sweetness that really... Uh, that really went through. And then I got a, almost a little bit of mint undertone in the retro hail nice. going on. So this thing was moving. It was doing <clears> stuff. <throat> Solid ash, perfect burn. Nice. The uh, last third of this, white pepper and spice ramped up a little bit. I had a minty tingle uh, kind of surrounding the palate and lingering on the lips a little bit. Sweet pie crust remains all the way through. A little bit of pepper. Um uh, uh, an aftertaste. Uh, perfect burn. Solid ash. This cigar... Pardon me. This cigar cost me eighteen dollars. Oh my! Yeah, so not a cheap cigar. Wow. That so is super you, premium. What you've described sounds great, but you've just totally changed the equation now. Yeah, that drops a bomb that, on it. Yeah, it does because it's going to have to be outstanding. This cigar to get a gets five. a solid five. Solid, a okay. very solid hmm. five. Okay. Easily solid five. So you remember, I'm sure, Joseph, that our price to quality scale five means you got what you paid for. So to be honest with you. To get a five on an eighteen dollars cigar, eighteen dollars cigar. I, holy cow! I got to go buy one of these. Yeah, you know? it's mm-hmm. it's well, if you like what I described in a cigar, and it's a Churchill, so it's smoked for an hour and twenty. Yeah, um, uh, twenty minutes, an hour twenty minutes of this, it burned great. I mean, what a what a fantastic cigar! I would highly highly recommend this as a great special occasion cigar if you're out and about. Um, I had it with coffee and uh, and some iced tea, um, but I bet it would go with. Any, especially on the more delicate side and fruitier side, whiskeys and scotches. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my wife got a bottle of "It's All About Cake" from uh, Glen Morangie. Oh, nice for Christmas! And uh, <laughs> I'll probably buy another one of these cigars to have with to that, have with that. Because yeah. I bet it will be amazing. Oh, you see, you, and I have to bring that bottle in to try you, it. You've all, you've done a sort of a mental whiskey sniff already. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it totally well, worked. Yeah, it was the morning. I could have gone. I mean, I'm not doing much else today. I could have gone and. On a whiskey sniff with it, but yeah. I figured it was before twelve. Yeah, you know. Uh, remember, it's uh, you know what is that? Uh, There's a little bit of social guilt. There. Uh, what is that? Jimmy Jimmy Buffett, uh, Alan Jackson, Jimmy it's Buffett. Five o'clock. It's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, five yeah five I have my own version of that called "It's Noon Somewhere." Right. You know, yeah. so that's that's kind of the way it works for me. So, uh, all right, I'll tell you about my cigar when we come back in our next segment. I do want to uh, preview a little bit what we're going to be tasting. In addition to this sixty sixty five proof old humble. Uh, apocalypse special, mm-hmm. and and did I hear you say that that might make its way to the shelves? We are going to almost certainly have a new label for our Black Magic uh, coffee liqueur in the distillery this year. Okay. Uh, the question of whether or not we'll make enough of it to get it out to of get the distillery out of the, yeah. and into the stores, that's that's still open because question. Because obviously people can get it at the distillery. Yeah, they'll and, be able to get it at the distillery. If you have enough, reopen. you'll be able to take exactly. it out of the stores. Okay. And, and a lot of that has to do with volume and scaling it up of and course, yeah. coffee grounds and all the other stuff that goes into it. <laughs> well, we'll look forward to uh, to tasting it. That's yeah. going to be something very, very cool. Also, I'm really excited about today's beers. Ian, the first one that we'll be tasting in our next segment uh, comes from Anderson Valley Brewing Company. It's their winter solstice hmm. seasonal ale. And I'm going to tell you that I it, it really is kind of a, a Christmassy thing. And we didn't have it on the show before Christmas. In fact, I didn't taste it until after we'd done our last show. Oh, yeah? And when I tasted it, I thought, i got to bring this on the show, because I really want to see what your reaction is to it. I will, I'll just, it, without you know, burying the lead here, I'll just say, it's one of the better holiday ales I enjoy this year. So I want to see if you react the same way. Hmm. And I know now you'll probably, 
You're probably already gearing up to say you hate it, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, also uh, today, a collaboration between Boneyard Beer and Cloudburst Brewing. We've had some of Cloudburst uh, beers on the show before. Uh, it's their Loose Ends India Pale Lager, so it's an IPL, that's not an, an interesting IPA. So we'll be looking thing. forward to that. And finally, from Weldworks Brewing Company, we've also had their beers on the show before, their Starriest Night Imperial Milk Stout. So we'll be looking forward to that. Have I have seen that? I don't think we've I don't, tried that. I don't but believe I think we I've have seen that. The bottle. Uh, uh, I I studied the bottle. Went back to the show notes. Try to make sure we hadn't. We've had Weldworks on before, but I don't think we've done Starriest Night. If we have, it was a very different looking bottle than this one. So yeah. uh, uh, we'll we'll try well, it and, and see what and happens. I, I'm pretty sure we haven't. But let's face it. After uh, 200 and something episodes. There's bound to be redundancy here. Right. There. Absolutely. And while we're talking about uh, <laughs> apocalypse stuff, uh, Bloomberg, the website, uh, has picked their best beers of 2020 that were perfect for the moment. In other words, these were their perfect lockdown and apocalypse beers. So nice. it'll fit right in with our. Uh, we'll be looking at that list uh, coming I'm up on the show. I'm making a list in my head right now. Uh, oh yeah, I know. And we've had some of them on the show. They've been they've been terrific. So so we'll get to all of that in our next segment. You are listening to smoking and toasting and viewing it. I hope. Uh, oh, also drinking news today. I'll go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. Florida man returns. I love right. Florida man. <laughs> so. What exactly? I, I forgot to ask you. What exactly are you trying to get? Twenty twenty and five. Okay. And then twenty twenty. So. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. This is the radio program, podcast, video cast, and all other things that it winds up being. Uh, that is all about craft beer, fine cigars, and uh, and fine spirits. Our uh, show is show number 216. Old Humble Distilling is back in the studio. Last time you guys were here, last time you were here, we did cocktails, didn't we? did. We? Yeah. Now, now Co- wait a second. This is your third time on the show, I, I believe it is, because yeah. the first time it was the whiskeys, the second uh-huh. time it was the cocktails, mm-hmm. and this time it's the Apocalypse it's the uh, Special. Apocalypse, Apocalypse Coffee. And this was actually inspired in part by those cocktails that we did, because one of those cocktails, if you remember... Was the Black Swan cocktail, which right. was coffee and yeah. cream and, and, and re- whiskey, and I remember it was delicious. Is what I remember about it. Yeah, and, it was fantastic. And that was one of the things that I was thinking. Of. <clears throat> and well. and when we were when we were putting together our uh, experiments in the kitchen. Um, and by the way, I have a whole recipe of other things, a whole menu of other things that we're going to be offering at the distillery at the distillery, uh, at least on limited basis, like a rye and a brandy and a. Uh, uh, a longer aged bourbon and a uh, a honey rum and this and we, we we got all kinds of stuff a rice whiskey we're going to be working on oh we got all kinds of stuff we're going to yeah. be working on well but we've been productive I'll be really I'll be really <laughs> curious to try the rye Ian has now got me on a rye kick because he gave me a wonderful bottle of rye for Christmas and it's it's got me going Ooh, okay I I have not spent nearly enough time with this category of whiskey so uh, so the, it's gonna it's gonna be fun uh, looking forward to sampling when it's done well it's done very well Ian you were out at old Umble and that in fact that you uh, uh, bumped into Joseph, didn't you? Uh, so, which is part of what, what got him back in as our so first here's, guest. So here's what happens. Uh, sometimes I get busy and and I realize, you know, I really need to spend a little bit of time with my wife. You know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't marry her, so I couldn't spend time with her. Um, and uh, and I said, you know what, Saturday we're just going to go adventure. We'll just go have some fun. And yeah. she wanted to hit maybe a brewery, maybe a distillery. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, um, old humble and um, 
Ingenious. And Ingenious are right by each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, they're right there. So we went out that area, and um, we stopped by uh, Ingenious Brewing, and we had some absolutely but fantastic they, their beers, beers. are so good. Let me just say. Unbelievable. They're amazing. Like, they're one of my favorites in town. They're so good, and they're so quirky and so out yes, there. Yes, love that. But, um, and then uh, uh, we were... Uh, we were following Google Maps and looking for Old Humble Distillery and ended up in the parking lot of this fitness place. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, weird. I didn't know if they were going to be open or not anyway, but then right. I said, well, <laughs> let's call them and see if they're open. So I called. <laughs> and Joe answers the phone. And I'm like, hey, I'm wondering if you guys are uh, open. And he goes, ah, we've been closed for December. <laughs> I, said, I said okay and then it took me a second i said is this joe and he goes yeah and i introduced myself and we started chatting and uh and he told me that they were moving to a a new location uh-huh more so, room i take it Much. while i'm talking to him on the phone my wife is staring at the uh at the um skating rink across the street from where we were mm -hmm. and uh and we decided that we were gonna uh get some lunch and do some uh do some skating so roller skating roller skating yeah. yep. and that is when i when i talked to him and uh and he had mentioned what they had going on and then i called you and said hey we have time and all that mm -hmm. and um and he uh and when i called him back and said hey we got we got this uh date available do you want to do it he's like yeah and he goes and also i'm gonna bring my sister by to see the new uh uh distillery do you guys want to come by it's right up the road so we were like, mm, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we did. We went right up the road, right up 1960. Uh, wasn't far away. It was like five minutes, I think. Yeah, it's like five, like seven that. miles down the road. Yeah, and uh, and um, which, by the way, in Texas, that translates to five minutes because it's about you're Give driving 60 miles an hour almost everywhere. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's different in different places. Yes, it is. It That's is. not true in downtown, <laughs> but, you know, the yeah. rest of it. But anyway, so we go, uh, and it's completely unfinished. It's it's a big open box right now, but he's got uh, some stills, and it was very cool. We got to look around, and he's showing us his vision for the stuff. It, yeah, it was very, very cool. You know, I got to see when St. Arnold moved to their uh, – current brewery location i got to see it in that sort of half finished uh kind of state and it was also fascinating in that way seeing yeah seeing what things looked like even before they were up and running and operational was well you know cool. and seeing the the gleam in joe's eye when he's like okay in this area we're going to build an office we're going to build a place this is going to be our uh <laughs> tasting room there's going to be a stage here it was really really cool to, to just see it in that state and see my uh, my business partner and I were actually looking this is a number of years ago but it was for it was as St Arnold was building out their brewery space and my business partner and I were looking for office space for our company and needed more than where we were at the time and so we were looking around before we wound up coming here and we actually considered and had a discussion about renting some of the empty office space that was going to be in the St Arnold brewery at first it seemed like an awesome idea. <laughs> yeah. And then the more I thought about it, the more I said, you know, I'm not sure how productive we're going to be right. if we're right. if, if the beer is just right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, plus, can you imagine like solving that tab at the end of the month? You know? <laughs> right. Oh, I did. I, how much? What? How much? So anyway, so we wound up uh, officing elsewhere, and now we just keep the beer in the fridge. Which, yeah, which so works, we still but, try to keep it uh, in yeah. stock. So. We, we do have pictures of it on our website. Oh, People cool. want to see cool. like, the space as it's being uh, oldhumbledistilling.com. There's also a video where I kind of do a uh, virtual walkthrough, walk yeah. uh, and it talks about the capital campaign that we're on right now to help finish this thing out. People can actually invest in the distillery. That is cool. Uh, and w the way the math works, a $100 investment basically pays back 
about $24 a year. Wow. Uh, so you put in 100 bucks, you get $24 a year, which is about a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, no kidding. So, you bottle know, of whiskey a year is not a I can't give you a free thing. bottle of whiskey, but for seven years, I can, you can your give investment to go can and pay buy. back a yeah. bottle of whiskey. Yeah. So, right. yeah, there's Good. that. Good. And I, I like All that idea. information's on the website, too. Oldumbledistilling.com. Oldumbledistilling.com. Yeah. Very cool. Very uh, cool. The video's on the front page, and there's another tab where the video is. Uh, the capital campaign is with a company called Mainvest. Um, and we're uh, we got about forty days left in the capital campaign. And, That's uh, very cool. Every dollar helps. That's very cool. I love it. And I also love. Uh, I don't know if it's actual pure crowdsourcing, but it, it has that feel to it that you're going to your fans essentially yeah. and saying we'd rather have you invest in this than you know some guys in suits up in Delaware or someplace. Yeah. You know, it's like a crowdsourced investment. It's not a Kickstarter because you actually get paid back, right? Uh, right. As opposed cool. to thanks for your fifty bucks, here's a hat. Right, is, right. Thanks for your hundred dollars. Here's some interest every quarter yeah. for the next seven yeah. years. <laughs> now, now you can get our newsletter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, uh, Ian, I want to tell you about the cigar that I uh, had today. Tell me what was, you had. It was really, really different, and was the first time I'd ever tried one of these. I had. Well, first, I should mention a, a huge hello and and lots of love to our buddy Alan Denny in uh, Galveston, who nobody cares about but uh, i care about that uh, well i i know but, i do yeah all right, all right fair enough who only ian cares about <laughs> uh, no we we love alan dearly and uh, he is running the galveston island uh cigar lounge and uh, my wife and i took a few days during the holidays and got away to galveston so of course we wound up on the back patio there oh, at alan's place patio, yeah, isn't smoking it? cigars and and uh, then we went out and had had you know all the fried seafood we can handle. Trust me, it was a lot. Uh, but anyway, um, Alan uh, showed me a couple of cool things, and I bought a box of his uh, uh, of, of his product that they that they put out. In fact, I brought you in one of those. That's the okay, that's the sun grown. Flipping that down so I can yes, see what I'm doing see, on yeah. the. Oh, there you <laughs> that's, go. Yeah. That's the sun grown of Alan's label, and I'll be I'll be probably talking about that in a future uh, uh, a future episode of the show. But one that he pointed me to that he had uh, just gotten in was the uh, Kintsugi by Alec. Bradley, and I'd never seen or even I don't heard, think of I've heard of that either. I went back and looked, and there'd been a few articles about it coming out on Half Wheel in different places, but uh, but I hadn't smoked one, so so I got one, and it was what I decided to try today. It's a it was a nice looking, densely packed cigar, dark brown wrapper. The name Kintsugi is a reference to a Japanese art form where they basically take broken pottery and they fix the broken areas with lacquer that contains silver or gold. Or platinum, and what they come up with is a repaired piece of pottery that's now more valuable than the original piece was because of the work that's been done on it, and because of the silver and gold mm -hmm. and platinum in the, uh, uh, you know, in the uh, in, in the lacquer. So, really interesting concept for a cigar, and I, I didn't know what they were getting at at first, but I think. The combination of what's in it may be what they're kind of referring to. Uh, it uses a Honduran Habano wrapper uh, with binder and filler from different regions of both Honduras and Nicaragua. So mm -hmm. they do quite a blend, only ultimately two countries, but but quite a different blend in this. And uh, I'll just say that that the addition of the Honduran tobacco, which reminds me a lot of the uh, of the time that you and I spent in Honduras uh, down at the Aladino farm. That was and factory. so fun. Uh, and and the dis sort of the distinct flavor of that Honduran tobacco, which is so so aromatic, combining that with the Nicaraguan 
I've had that before, but this time it really, really worked. So I'll tell you about it. I used a punch, uh, and the pre-light draw on this felt a bit tight. Uh, it had a nice aroma, though, earth, hay, and wood. I lit it up and noticed two things right away. The first was that the draw was tight. It was manageable, but it was a little tight. I, I like getting a bit more smoke than the Kintsugi was giving me. Uh, but it was just enough that I didn't try to unplug it or do anything. I just went with it. Uh, second thing I noticed was that the initial flavor profile established itself after, like, two puffs. Oh, most, that quick, huh? Yeah, most of the time, I've got to get about a half an inch into a cigar or so before it kind of calms down. Sometimes you'll get that initial pepper blast or whatever it might be, and then the cigar kind of calms down and you begin to get to what the flavor profile is going to be. No, I was two puffs in. And uh, I was getting more than one note. And I think that's... you got to love that. That's exceptional. Yeah, it really is. So um, it, was, uh, it was an interesting mix from the very beginning. A serious kind of woodsy oak to it. Uh, other dark wood notes that I was trying to identify mixed with leather. Uh, rich soil notes that were awesome and really quite complex for that early in the smoke. I was really impressed. Um, the draw opened up a little bit as it smoked. Uh, the burn stayed about as straight as I've ever seen. I mean, it was nice. just it was just almost a perfect circle around the cigar <laughs> the entire time. Don't you love it when that happens? You start thinking to yourself, you're not, now you're challenging the cigar right. to stay yeah, that yeah, way. Come on, like can you do it? Can you do it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, um, uh, I picked up a little bit of cinnamon, some baking spice uh, by the second, third. The aged wood still held on as the dominant flavor. And I'll just say this, the Kintsugi tastes expensive, if that makes sense. When I was smoking it, I was thinking, this is what you would want a super premium cigar. This is the kind of flavor experience you'd be wanting from a super premium cigar. Hmm. Uh, final third added some hints of vanilla, and the wood began to make me think of mesquite, not not oak, not the campfire smell like a Kentucky uh, fire cured, mm. uh, but more the way a wooden barrel smells. Have you ever like smelled yeah. a wooden barrel when it's first been put together but hadn't had anything stored oh, in it yeah, yet? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was a lot of that. Hint of citrus, too, like a little lime zest. The cigar, it, it was really great. Very complex right from the beginning and definitely a different taste uh, profile. I liked it a lot. My mm. one complaint was the draw. It was tight enough that I think I wound up over puffing a little bit, made it burn a little hot mm. at times. And that was particularly disappointing because the, when it wasn't burning so hot, the flavors were so great. And remind so me how you opened it. Did, did you clip this? Uh, no, I used a punch. You used a punch. punch. used a punch, yeah. So clip might have worked a little better, might have opened it up a little more. Uh, and I also thought about when I first felt that the draw was a little tight. I also thought about opening it up, opening it up with a poker, but I decided right. not to do that until I had to. Right, and right. I never got to the point where I had to because I wanted to see uh, how it would smoke. Uh, here's the thing. The Kintsugi's an 8 to $9 cigar. It's not a 20 plus. Um, it's got great complexity. I'm going to give the one I smoked a solid 5, but I'll tell you what else I'm going to do. So I'm going to go buy another one of these this week. And I'm betting I'm not going to have the same draw problems right. on it that I had on this. And if I don't, and the flavor is as good, I'll definitely be upping that score to at least to six and a half. I mean, yeah. it was it was ver a very impressive cigar. Again, I, I just wanted more mouthfuls of smoke as we went. You know? I'll, I'll have to try that too. I usually find because I a lot of times I resort, you know I have a a couple lighters that have punches built in, mm -hmm. so I, I punch a lot. 
Uh, but I've found sometimes if I get a little bit of a tight draw, a lot of times I'll if if it doesn't open up pretty quickly, I'll just follow it up with a cutter, and yeah. usually works pretty well after that. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes yeah. you just Some, get a tight cigar. Yeah, and, 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 and usually, especially with a brand that's as consistently good as Alec, yeah, Bradley Alec Bradley's, is, I'm guessing this is a one cigar that Tempest. just got rolled a little tight, not yeah. not a, a serious you know issue wide uh, thing right. for them. So yeah, anyway, the it was, way it was you great. described it, I was surprised when you told when you said the price was seven or eight dollars. Well, and and. Honestly, I was too because I bought a whole bunch of stuff at Allen's and I didn't look at the individual pricing on things. Right. I just looked at what the total was. So when I went to uh, make sure I was spelling the name of the cigar right and stuff uh, and looked online, I, I saw a, an online place that, that had it advertised for $8.80 was their price oh, on, yeah, online yeah. for stick. So uh, so you could probably get a little less, a little more depending if you buy a box or, or where you buy it, but uh, the Kentsugi, and as you could tell from the pictures, it says Kentsugi. Really, you, you can't miss it. Uh, in terms of the way <laughs> it's, it's big. it almost looks like a Camacho label, the way they have Camacho really right now all the, the way across on it. cigars. Yeah, so but it was really good. Ian, it is beer thirty. Well, let's uh, let's you know break what? Into, I meant to actually start this yeah, up while we were talking, yeah, but then I got into the conversation. Yeah, well, I, it was. Uh, I want you to try so one of these. It's your fault cigars. for being interesting. Well, <laughs> yeah, take that. See, see how I did that? <laughs> yeah. That may be the first time anyone's ever used that adjective for me. Um, it's uh, although although I think some women have used it back when I was dating, but it was more like interesting. You know, it wasn't wasn't really sure it was the kind a, of interesting where you're in trouble. Yeah, I wasn't really yeah. sure it was a compliment, as they say. So this beer, uh, I, I mean, I talked to my wife. She said I'm fine. I said okay, she's fine, right? <laughs> right, exactly. I don't know what she's mad about. <laughs> it's okay. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Ian, this beer is one that uh, my wife brought it home in one of her samplers that she likes to get me from the grocery store to surprise me. And I'd had Anderson Valley uh, Brewing's I've seen their, beers before. Still, yeah. uh, they have a tendency to have a lot of like moose and elk and stuff like that on their uh, beer cans. They are from uh, uh, Boonville, California. So This one is uh, pretty, you said the moose and the elk. This one's pretty interesting. It has uh, what looks like a brown bear with antlers. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> so I don't know what that means, but uh, if if you drink enough of this, perhaps you know. You will, well, we you have will the we have the uh, the um, we have the jackalope the jackalope here in yeah. Texas. So you know, maybe so that's maybe that's maybe that's the Northern California version of the the bearlope. Bear uh, but anyway, I had this over the uh, holidays, and I really brought it in mostly just because I wanted you to taste it. I thought it was uh, the nose on yeah. this is delicious. Like it's this smells like malty. It's the type wonderful of, chocolatiness with some with some like I will tell spices. you already. I'll be looking forward to this next year. Like hoping, I, I'm assuming they put it out in the same formula each year uh, because I really enjoyed it. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. This is amazing. Now you see why I wanted to bring it in. It was like, it was just too good. Like I, I felt like we'd kind of been there, done that with the Christmas ales oh. and the and the winter brews, and I was really excited about looking. Man, forward. this has like a graham crackery. It's like graham cracker and chocolate, but and it chocolate, and then it just finishes with that malt, yeah, roundness right on the back of the palate, and then crisps right up with a little tiny snap of hop. What do you think, Joseph? It doesn't taste like anything. Can't smell anything. Can't taste anything. I'm Uh-oh. just I'm messing with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here. We're going, all getting tested. Oh, great. We're all getting tested. <laughs> oh, First man. time I've had a chance to roll that joke out. That's that was great. A, that's that's uh, a tough one. It's a tough one. It's really good. It's yeah. got a, a a nice kind of malty feel and taste to it. I, I like feel it. like some some of the Christmas beers, you know, you get that 
fruitcake or baking spice type flavor, and it becomes so dominant in the flavor profile. This has a little of that, but there's so much else going on, and it all just blends. I think, as you said, the malt that you get on the finish is what the malt on the finish really with it. the hop bitter that just rides right underneath it creates this great, just wonderful. I want another sipness of mm-hmm. it. I, I love it. That's fantastic, and it's not too heavy. It's uh, it's sweet enough that it's actually kind of refreshing, but it's not so... Right, I agree. Uh, you can, it's not so you heavy drink, that you don't want more. Yeah, it's, you can it, drink one of these and say, oh, I'll open another one. That it also has a pretty boisterous mouthfeel to it as well. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not thin. Um, by no, any, it's not. Even looking at it in the glass, you can tell. And it's uh, carbonated, like just right where it needs to be. This is yeah. this is a piece of art right here. It's good well, stuff. Yeah, I, I, I really liked it, and I was, I was excited. You know, sometimes I try not to taste... What we're bringing on the show until until we get it here, uh, but in this case, this is one I'd had, and I thought, no, I got to do this. this Six point nine percent alcohol by volume, so yeah. a little bit big, but yeah, not too but big. not too big. But, Solar yeah. powered brewery, Anderson Valley Brewing Company. Didn't Fa- know that. That's fascinating. All right, we'll have to we'll have to look up. Is there anybody on the show notes who might be able to tell us? Is there a name? We know the Jackrabbit Antelope combination here in Texas is called the Jackalope. <laughs> the Jackalope. Right. Is there an official name for the? Deer beer or whatever. I would not it is. want that thing running at me. I <laughs> certainly wouldn't. I certainly As if wouldn't. bears aren't scary enough. Yeah, no, put right? antlers on yeah. them. Uh, but hey, Matt Booth will like it. So, all right, we'll, uh, we're going to take a break and we come back. Um, a new a new feature on the show. We won't do this every week, but when we need to, we will. And it's called "We Need to Talk About It." You know, when I hear people say that, yes. Gives me a little feeling of intrepidation. Then we'll get uh, <laughs> then we'll get right to it. That's coming up. Plus, we're going to taste some of this uh, uh, old humble distilling. Is it a liqueur? Is it a it whiskey? It is a coffee liqueur. Black a magic coffee. coffee liqueur. All right. So we're going to taste some of this liqueur uh, coming up. It's smoking and toasting, and we will be right back. <laughs> It's smoking and toasting the program that's all about craft beer, uh, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. I haven't said that for two weeks, so it, uh, it it doesn't tumble off the tongue quite as easily, I suppose. Uh, we are brought to you by mycigarshirts.com, available on the web. Great stuff for cigar lovers there. Mycigarshirts.com because cigars. cigars yes. Uh, our guest today is uh, Joseph Breda from Old Humble Distilling. We're looking forward in a few moments to trying some of his. Uh, his uh, wonderful distillate here that is a coffee liqueur. Uh-huh. So, Are we going to kick off hour two of our program with coffee liqueur? Coffee liqueur. That I'm looking forward awesome. to it. Yeah. So, um, so in, in <laughs> I can't believe I'm going back here again. Uh-oh, what's happening? <clears throat> do, I need my, uh, do I need my instrument? I don't know. You might. You know, if you're, if you're so inspired, you feel free to... <laughs> That's kind of exactly how I feel. You summed it up in musical terms. So uh, we talk about this a lot, what Big Beer does. One of the things that Big Beer does is Big Beer buys up Little Beer and often in the process make it less exciting than it was before they bought it. It, I, I will say this. I'm a capitalist. I support the brewery's rights as a uh, company that you know is entitled to try to make money i support their right to sell but what it doesn't always do is leave the product intact the way it should be 
And that has happened on several occasions when the big beer company has been Anheuser-Busch. And so we talk about yes. AB a lot. We've been highly critical of some of their advertising campaigns. I'm, I went on record as saying that the, I thought... Their bully campaigns? The, yeah, the, the Dilly Dilly campaign <laughs> and, and some of those were, were highly offensive and, and were basically talking down to the same craft beer consumer that they were buying breweries to try to reach. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so I felt like that was, you know, something that should be pointed out. I, I'm sorry. Should you be proud of drinking something that's for the many? Exactly. For the many and, and not for the few. That that's that is a perfect example of what as this um, segment is titled also we need to talk them about portraying it. someone who likes flavor mm-hmm. in their drinks as a dandy right, and throwing right. them in the uh pit of mm-hmm. or the dungeon of the yeah the was it? Dungeon of Suffering or yeah, what was it? The Pit of the Suffering. Pit of suffering. Yes. That's what it was. I need but, to watch more commercials. Yeah. Well, see, now here's the thing. I'm to the point now well, that I... Well, I had everybody shouting yeah. dilly dilly for a long time. Well, still. I'm to the point now that I stream just about everything. So I actually don't see a lot of commercials yeah, except for the fact that I enjoy watching football games. And you have no choice mm-hmm. but to sit through yeah. them uh, on, on, on during the game. So... And particularly when it comes to beer, obviously a lot of big beer advertises during the football games. So yeah. we have to talk about the latest campaign it's beer, for Bud Light. Beer, trucks, and uh, Geico. And, and Geico, yes. That's it. And, and, the, and those horrible uh, <laughs> commercials from uh, the other insurance company, uh, Progressive. Progressive, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Flow. Flow must die. But that's another topic altogether. <laughs> Here's the thing. Bud Light's, Bud Light's got a new campaign, and they, they tr- they're trying to do a riff on the cardboard cutouts that are in state. Stadiums, right? Yeah. So they show a cardboard cutout of a guy, and he wants a beer, and he wants to get it from the cardboard cutout beer guy, but there's no beer in the th- – I, I don't know. The, the plot is stupid. That's not the point. <laughs> the point is, at the end of this, when the guy is at home and his team scores a touchdown, he puts his arm around the cardboard cutout of himself. Then the voiceover announcer says the slogan. And they've already, on the on the campaign, showed somebody opening up a fridge and taking out a bottle of Bud Light, right? So the slogan is this. When you and I'm not making this up by the way. I'm not changing one word. Mm. When you really want your favorite beer, there's a Bud Light there. Think about that. When you really want your favorite beer, there's a Bud Light there. That sounds like a step yeah. down. That would cause me to say all kinds of words that, that we yeah. won't be able to say on the show once we're on broadcast When I radio. really want my favorite beer and there's a Bud Light there, How disappointing. a lot of times I'll just have grape juice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's when you're disappointed exactly. that you can't have your favorite Some people beer. call it wine. When you but that's, really you know, want your favorite beer, this is, <laughs> you got to understand, that slogan probably costs them. Yeah. Half a million dollars. They paid people to, an, to come to up an with ad that. agency. They paid money for somebody to come up with. Somebody's building their career. Really they didn't just pay people. someone to come up with that. They paid somebody to come up with several, and they chose that and, one. Oh, it's and even more. They damning, chose right? that one out of that's a list. the one even that got through the bureaucracy. Right. Yeah. Oh, the, did you say bureaucracy? Because yes. I like that. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> that's the one that got through the bureaucracy, bureaucracy. and made it to the but, commercial. But this is also like the it. same company that says when you're down for whatever. Right. right. No, I mean, try Bud Light. Doesn't it make the golden days of Spuds McKenzie seem like they were incredibly creative? Oh, yeah. You know? You yeah. know, they've had some funny ones over the years. Didn't they have the one that was like, was uh, that? Yeah, but that, that was a that, funny campaign. That was funny. And you remember the one where the, guy, where the guy comes off the plane and, and the guy's holding Bud Lights with a sign that says, uh, 
Galakowitz or whatever. He says, Mr. Galakowitz? And the guy says, yes, I am. Remember? Because <laughs> oh, yeah. the guy's holding the button. Oh, that was funny, right? Mm-hmm. But what has happened? Yeah. And, and, and how can you possibly set yourself up for the ridicule of when you want your favorite, when you really, it's not even when you want, when you really want your favorite oh, beer, there's a Bud Light there. Yep. Can you imagine the meme that goes with that? Uh. <laughs> like it's just my face going yeah. like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you really want your favorite beer, yep. there's a Bud Light there, and you have tomato juice instead. Yep. That's what, yeah. the, whole, that, that's that, what the whole yeah. slogan is. That seriously, seriously sounds like something that was written in Dutch and translated to English. <laughs> it certainly does. <laughs> the, the guys in the InBev office were like, that sounds like, yeah. it, that sounds like it works in English, too. Like, like <laughs> what, was that? It, what was that? It's a famous story in advertising that well there's done, some, some famous slogan that translated into Chinese uh, actually literally translates, bite the wax tadpole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's instead of like a good neighbor, State Farm is there yeah. or whatever it is. <laughs> All right. Tell you what, we're going we're gonna to come back back for our first uh, segment of the second hour and we're going to wash that taste right out of our mouth with some coffee liqueur from Old Humble. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this. It's Smoking and Toasting and we will be right back. Bud Light! Because there's nothing else in the fridge. <laughs> See, I need to make money for that. <laughs> when you really want your favorite beer... And it's not available. There's a Bud Light. Yeah. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are glad to have you on board for hour number two of the program. So, as we said, we're, we're working on getting the, the show formatted for the potential of being on broadcast radio. So, we aren't really quite into the second hour yet, but if there were commercials between, uh, you would have been. And our only commercial will be to tell you that we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts online for cigar lovers and people who love them. MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Cigars. Yes. Um, so we're going to be get to uh, some uh, some liqueur tasting here in just a moment. But Bloomberg, the website, the the TV channel, I, I don't know what they are. They're just they're a conglomerate of some sort. A news but, service. A news service. But they they regularly put out articles about beer and spirits. So I like to keep track of what they say. And they came up with some beers that their editors thought. And I believe these were all may have all been new beers for 2020. Uh, they say. Obviously, 2020 was a challenging year uh, for craft beer. Even though alcohol sales were up, craft beer had a tougher time hanging in there than a lot of others. It really depended on shelf space. And th- there's a reason for that, too. Yeah. When, especially when advertising is down and outreach is tough, yeah. when people were going into the stores to buy things, they were going into stores to buy things they already knew. They already knew so about. So they weren't well, it was necessarily much... taking a shot at something new and different. They're grabbing Evan Williams and Maker's right. Mark and Jack Daniels. It's and just like you were talking about. With, stuff too. With, and with you not being able to be there to say, hey, would you like yep. to try uh, you know, some of this? And then they taste it and go, wow, I want a bottle of that. And right. it's the same thing really for craft beers, too. Those tasting booths, if I go into my favorite specs on a non-pandemic Saturday... I can taste four or five different craft beers mm-hmm. and some whiskeys and some gin and some rum. You know, it's it's, it's usually like that. Uh, in fact, it's a really fun thing to do if you don't have anything to do on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, but we'll have to wait for the pandemic to be over, of course. Anyway, um, Bloomberg put together an article uh, with their editor's favorite beers for the crazy kind of year that 2020 was. And I want to share a few of these with you. Uh, they started out with best beers for sessioning over Zoom. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, right? Uh, um, <clears throat> before March, 
Uh, they write, I was only casually aware that Zoom existed, mostly from hearing them underwrite shows on NPR. Uh, now I use it every day from hmm. everything, for everything from group beer tastings to podcasts to Friday night trivia nights with a dozen or so friends. So their favorites for beer drinking over Zoom uh, were the Dovetail Hellas, uh, a Hellas lager from Dovetail Brewery in Chicago, the Shaxbury Lowball, which is a um, highball-inspired cider uh, from the brewery in Virginia. And then the best beers for, getting their, for forgetting there ever was a Zoom. Uh, they say on the flip side, I if, like you're, that list. if yeah. you're sick of this whole virtual world, they say a couple of high-gravity booze bombs should do the trick. And they've picked out the double India Pale Ale called Lagunita Sucks, which is from the Lagunitas Brewing Company. I do Company. like that one. Interesting. <laughs> and the Three Floyds Permanent Funeral. An Imperial IPA. <laughs> I haven't tried that. 10.5%, uh, my friend. I love it. An Imperial IPA. Hmm. Uh, they did the best smoked beers for the dumpster fire that was 2020. Uh, they okay. did Fox Farm the Cabin from um, Fox Farm. Uh, from I'm sorry. Fox Farm from the Cabin, which is a, uh, okay, I'm getting this all wrong. Let me correct it. Am I distracting you with background music? You are. Connecticut's Fox Farm <laughs> Brewery released a beer called The Cabin that they say tastes like a late fall New England afternoon in a can. It's a smoked Hellas lager that comes in at 5.3 ABV. I just, I just <clears throat> thought it'd be nice to have mood music for the list. Yeah? Well, I, I like it, actually. I just, I'm just easily distracted. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the whole thing. Uh, from Austin, Texas, the Live Oak Schwarzer Ranch. Uh, they say they say perhaps it's because of the proximity to the great barbecue that comes out of the Austin area. Uh, but one of the preeminent makers of American smoked beers is Austin's Live Oak Brewing. It's Schweizer Ranch, which apparently stands for black smoke, is a Schwartz beer, a black lager, brewed with both deeply roasted malts and smoked barley. Hmm. So that's uh, sounds that's like a lot going Live on Oak beer. makes. What might be the best Hefeweizen. Yeah, they do make a great Hefeweizen, don't they? Uh, Wiki Brian says, I'll drink the pickle juice over Bud Light, just saying, and I don't like pickles. Okay, so so I'm going to bring a pickle beer on, I think, next week. Uh, Your wife likes pickle beers, doesn't she? We've tried the pickle beers. It depends on the pickle beer. She loves pickles. We'll be trying one next week. There's a local (laughs) pickle maker, uh, Juan Ocanas. He makes uh, Dirty's, Dirty's Pickles. Uh, and he made a pickle with our whiskey. Oh, so, whiskey so it's pickles. A, it's I a, like pickles. It's a whiskey pickle. pickle, not a pickled whiskey. It is a yeah. It's a, a whiskey wh- whiskey pickle. Okay, yeah. That sounds like something I might enjoy. Yeah, dirty's uh, dirty's pickles. Uh, yeah, they're available online. The best beer to remind you that life is still sweet. Uh, Frem, or as I like to call them, P Frem. Frem. Maple barrel aged smoked porter. A porter, a smoke porter, aged in maple syrup barrels, nine point one percent, and they took the inspiration for it from Vermont pancake houses. Nice. Huh. Uh, all right, uh, Dogfish Head Campfire Amplifier makes the list. It's okay. a s'mores-inspired smoked milk stout. A lot of smoke. I've had that. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Well, Dogfish Head again. They're so consistent. Uh, best beers for social social change. Weathered Souls, Black is Beautiful. It's an imperial stout. It's from San Antonio, Texas, and it weighs in at 10% ABV. And we've had that. <clears throat> yes, we have. Finback Breathing Conversations. It's a New England-style double IPA. Uh, it was a similar initiative adopted by uh, Finback Brewery in Queens, New York. They did theirs with a uh, for Black Lives Matter uh, with a hazy and juicy New England-style double IPA. And then there's the other half altogether. 
from the uh, brewery in uh, uh, Brooklyn, New York, called Other Half Altogether is the name of the beer. You may have seen some of that in the back of football players' helmets and stuff. Uh, and so the effort raised several million dollars with 855 breweries from all 50 states as well as 53 countries mm. participating wow. in the collaborative brewing effort. Uh, best beers for a European holiday from your couch. The Urege Alt, it's an alt beer from Dusseldorf, uh, Germany. The Orval, which is a Trappist Pale Ale and mm -hmm. Saison uh, at 6.2 ABV. And Harvey's Christmas Ale, which is an English barley wine uh, from East Sussex, uh, England. Harvey's. I need to hunt that down. Yeah, that sounds good. Now, you remember the beer we had, the, the Christmas beer that we had, uh, the Christmas Ale, the Father Christmas uh, yes. one that we had right before the holidays? That, that, was, was, that was amazing. Yeah. Then they list best beer for a carefree 2021. Uh, and they pick uh, Allagash, Little Grove, Peach, and Kombucha. It's a sparkling session ale, Allagash from Portland, Maine. Uh, and that is the end of the list. I thought there was one more, but uh, that is the end of the you list. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised because <coughs> there's a company that didn't make that list, and they sell a lot of beer. Budweiser oh, didn't make yeah. anything on that list. And you know, when you want, when you really want your favorite beer, they didn't yeah. make anything on the list. There's a Bud, Bud Light Light's there. there. Yeah. <laughs> just how go around it. How many it's times? Just, just reach behind it. <laughs> Bud Light's there, but you got to reach behind it to get to the well to get to the buried hatchet. It, it, this one really <laughs> that slogan really resonated for me. I'll be honest, because it reminded me. You know, before the pandemic, you go to, uh, you get invited to a party. You're at somebody's house. Uh, they go, oh, the beer's in the tub or the beer's in the fridge, whatever. And you and you go there looking, and you and when you really want your favorite beer, yeah, you're all excited. There's a Bud Light there, yeah. and you're like, oh, oh man. Well. Wiki That's Brian said at this point, hibernation ale seems appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it does. Uh, you know, Bud Light uh, may be the perfect uh, pandemic beer. Yeah, you know, if you can't smell anything, can't taste anything. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I think and you really works. want your favorite beer. And you really, you want, you really well. want your favorite beer, <laughs> and you can't smell or taste a thing. There's a Bud Light there. Uh, Just wait six months. I, I have a question. Yes. <laughs> hey Joe. Yes. What you doing with that bottle in your hand? <laughs> Pouring. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the group I've been playing the whole time. I like it. I like it. Hey Joe. What you doing with hey, that bottle in your Joe. hand? What you doing with you that know, bottle in your because hand? Because this is coffee. It's good for breakfast. Uh, I, I see these pours are very generous that Joe's throwing down over here. Well, you know, it's a it's a coffee liqueur. It's sixty five proof. Yeah, just pour a lot. We can be we can be classy. Yeah, absolutely. We got a third of the bottle gone. Look at that. All right. <laughs> So, Joe, how did this come about again? What was what was the story behind it okay. getting made in the first place? So originally. Uh, I had been doing uh, uh -huh. coffee cocktails with hot coffee, cold coffee, um, you know, just cream coffee. Like what we had on yeah, the show doing, when you were doing on the Doing the floor, black right? swan yeah. and mm -hmm. white swan cocktails. Uh, and when the pandemic started, I was going through a lot of coffee, you know, going through two, three. Uh, well, I, I went and bought a percolator, and I was drinking a pot of coffee a day, and it was just like too much coffee. I'm like, honey, that was can't... known as Joe's jittery period. Yeah, <laughs> but I can't keep drinking this much coffee. Uh, so we 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 went back to the K cups, and then like the K cups are piling up, and you know you have to moderate because you don't want to see a stack of K cups today. So it's you know, a more visual reminder yeah, exactly. of your reminder. <laughs> uh, and when you do it, when you make mm. a whole pot, and it's just you drinking it. You, know, you accidentally will drink that pot during the day. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so 
uh, I told my wife, like, I, I want to do something different. So I started ordering some cold brew coffee. And you, know, you make the cold brew coffee in little jars a couple days before. You can do the whole weeks ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Then you have just this much <clears throat> that you can drink, and then you're out of coffee, or you have to make that's coffee your for daily tomorrow ration, or so whatever. Well, you can space it out a couple of days. It'd be fine. Uh, so I started doing that. And then I had all these coffee grounds laying around, uh, the cold brew coffee grounds. And I'm like, well, what if we, uh, you know, put coffee in there? The genesis of an idea. Or uh, put, some, put some whiskey in there with that coffee with the grounds and actually steep the whiskey and see what happens. Because we'd had coffee, uh, so, coffee steeped whiskey before up right. in South Dakota, <clears throat> so, and it was really good, but I couldn't quite get the mix right. Let me get my my simplistic mind around this for a second. <laughs> Are you literally just tossing coffee grounds in the whiskey and then straining them out? There's more after I do that. Because the but mouth, that's the basics? The, the mouthfeel isn't quite right, and the, the flavor between the bitter coffee and the... The, the the whiskey, the sweetish kind of whiskey that I have with my straight whiskey doesn't mix very well. It kind of clashes. So I have to throw in some simple syrup and this a little bit smells, more just to kind of bring it all together. This smells like coffee, but sweet. I don't, like when I drink coffee, I drink it black. Mm-hmm. Right. So sweet coffee to me doesn't even, meh. But this smells like sweet and like a, I just put, well, also you get the whiskey smell in there. So mm-hmm. it smells kind of like that whiskey and coffee kind of thing but uh but it has a sweetness to it that's not off-putting at all it actually smells really nice and and the sweetness is what really separates this from other things Mm -hmm. like this that you may have had before because when you when you've had this or or like that's why we do it when you have you said this is 60 percent, right about holy cow this is dangerous yeah it's very drinkable for for 60 to 65 percent. so when it was just coffee and just whiskey it felt thin uh, and the, the the flavor mixing was a little bit too pungent, so I had to do some simple syrup and add in a uh, a bit of simple syrup. And we played around with the ratios between the coffee and the whiskey and the simple syrup and how much water to add. And we played around with that for about a month of just experimentation and fiddling around and, and whatnot. And then I scaled it up from uh, a pint jar to a bottle to a, a five-gallon batch. Well, sir, I appreciate this. You've just... Giving me a reason to drink in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have my coffee. Yeah. And, and <laughs> this is delicious. I'm still re- trying to figure out the logistics of how we'll be able to do a large batch in the distillery because filtering out all those coffee grounds, there's a there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and separating it out and getting the, the liquid out of the coffee grounds. So uh, this is really... There's uh, stuff to do. I guess one of the best ways I can describe this is that a lot of, a lot of the coffee liqueurs, coffee... Uh, Beers that we've had, we've tried on the show, you think more of the coffee bean. Mm-hmm. This is more like a cup of coffee, if that makes sense. It's not as much of a of a bean flavor, and I think that's because of the sweetness. It makes you think of, of what that coffee tastes like in the cup. What's amazing about this is how easy, first off, how, how much you don't notice the whiskey hug. The whiskey mm-hmm. hug doesn't even happen until right about now. Yeah. yeah. It's towards the end, yeah. Um, it's way after. And then on top of that, this you're right. This is more coffee. It's more a cup of coffee than it is that sort of it is roasted coffee with, bean with whiskey. Because it doesn't taste like whiskey poured in coffee either. Because that always has a weird kind of kind of bitter tang to the end Almost like it smacks you a little bit when yeah. you drink it, you know? This is not like that. This no, is, not at all. This it, is a much smoother. No, sm- no smacking going on here. Yep. It's smooth. Smooth. <laughs> but no, this is this is a much smoother effect, and it is so coffee forward that you almost like you can smell the whiskey, mm-hmm. very evident. It also has a little bit of a 
almost a maple syrupy kind of smell going to it. I will say, though, for yep. something that's about 65 proof, you perceive more coffee than you perceive whiskey. That's what could make it dangerous. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's really yeah. dangerous like that. Yeah. And we'll probably cut it down to about 55 when we actually produce it and put the label on it. Is that going to change the mouthfeel, um, or are you I don't still going to so. play with that? It, it'll still, it should be the same mouthfeel. It'll just be a little bit less of the... the it actually, it'll actually be a little bit less of the coffee flavor, uh, and uh, a little bit still enough of the whiskey flavor because yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll cut the proof by adding water to the coffee. Right. It's it's so interesting because if like I've had uh, like the Irish coffee or uh, literally just dumped Jamesons and coffee before, uh, and both of those things have very thin mouthfeel overall. It's right. just the nature of mm -hmm. most whiskeys and the nature of coffee if you haven't dumped a bunch of cream in it or something. This has almost that that creamy coffee kind of mouthfeel. It's bigger. It's more substantial, but it doesn't have that creamy flavor. It has like a, that, that little bit of maple and a little bit of mm -hmm. sweet. This is really... Mm. Good. And that's the, that's the way we do the simple syrup. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife cannot know about this. <laughs> <laughs> my wife loves it. Like she, she would, loves it. she would like. First off, if I brought that home, she would just be like, "I would never see it again." Right. right. <laughs> and look at the way it clings to the cup. I know. I saw that. Yeah, That's, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's well. I, I'll have to tell you. First of all, just in case we haven't said this, it's really delicious. I mean, it's 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 very inviting. It's very uh, it's a very friendly uh, liqueur. Uh, you know, some liqueurs have that, okay, I'm going to sip just a little tiny bit of this, get the taste, but I don't want to take a mouthful. Uh, and this is not that way at all. So this is room temperature. Have you tried it slightly warmed up? Warmed up? No. I've tried it slightly colder, slightly but cold. I, haven't, I haven't heated it up yet. How do we feel about it slightly colder? It's great. Great, yeah, it's I, absolutely fantastic. Drink uh, this over ice. I was just put saying, in a little bit of cream. I was just about to say ice with a little bit of cream or milk and stir it up. That now Jameson, you're talking about, talking about getting nice coffee. Jameson yeah. did a um, cold uh, brew coffee whiskey. Yes, mm -hmm. they did. That was underwhelming, if you ask me. Now they they have their cask mates mm -hmm. thing that they did, which I thought was really really pretty good overall. But they did their cold brew high brew. I think was was that what it's called. I'm Can not I'm, sure. I can't remember the name of it, but I've seen it on the it's shelves. It's drinkable but underwhelming. This is a way different take on it. This isn't yes, even it like is. that. This um, is a completely different take, that actually, than any whiskey and coffee uh, uh, combination that I've ever tried. Yeah. It's and, and I think what it is is your simple syrup. I think it's your simple syrup that really kind of weaves it all together in just the right way. Well, I also want to point something out. Like I very much can picture myself on a chilly morning on the porch with a cup of this and a cigar. Mm. Like this, <laughs> I can see it going well with the cigar. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't think I don't. You would have a hard time finding a cigar that doesn't go with that. Mm -hmm. Like just because it's thick sweet coffee richness. I mean, yeah. you could you could have something. You could have a, a man of war, all the way down to a to a Perdomo tenth anniversary, you know, and they the, would. I think they would all go with it. This is Kintsugi? a challenge I may have to take upon myself. <laughs> the I'm gonna Kintsugi need some whiskey, that, Joe. Uh, the Kintsugi that I talked about <laughs> gonna need some earlier in the show I got you. is a. Uh, um, it's a. It would be a wonderful match. It's a really a medium-bodied cigar. Yeah. Would be a wonderful match for this because it wouldn't. Neither one would overpower the other. They would just kind of come out into the center of the ring and shake hands. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's a, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, that's a wonderful thing. Well, uh, see, that's why I, that's why I shoot for because I start off with a 90 proof whiskey. Right. And then mm -hmm. I add about two parts whiskey, one part water. I'll add a little bit more water to 
or coffee mm-hmm. uh, effectively. I'll add a little bit more of that to uh, reduce the proof just a little bit, just to keep it in balance. Because, uh, you know, we start off at 90 proof. I can bring it down a little, just a little mm-hmm. bit more. So, I don't want to bring it down too much more. Though. Well, real quick, in the last couple minutes of the segment, how do people get a hold of uh, Old Humble to uh, put money towards, to invest money in the company uh, you were talking about? Easiest way to do it right now is just go to our website. Because I don't have the main the vest. I don't is. have the main vest uh, uh, link right here in front of me, right. where you can hit it. But our website, theoldumbledistilling.com. The old humble? No, just old just humble. Just the okay, old humble gotcha. distilling website, oldumbledistilling.com. Gotcha. gotcha. Oldumbledistilling.com. That's pretty. That's or pretty easy. Right? On Facebook or Twitter, it's our pinned. Uh, Your uh, pinned tweet. The, the pinned tweet on yeah. both of those. Yeah. Uh, the the front page, our home page of the Old Humble Distilling Company, we thank you for visiting. We're doing a capital campaign. There's a video that shows people what we're going to do, how we're going to finish out the distillery. Basically the same thing I did when you popped in. Right. Uh, and I showed you the space. And there's a I mean, I felt there. special until you said it was available for well, everybody. I, don't, I haven't done it. I haven't done it. I haven't done it in person on, for more than Rogers three people. Rate. Uh, and then you hit that button. It says more information. It'll take you to the spot where yeah. you can then hit a button and uh, contribute five hundred thousand bucks to uh, yeah. five hundred or a thousand or five hundred thousand if you're into that. Um, sure. So I'm I'll sure there's that. different. Levels. You get more than a bottle of whiskey at five hundred thousand, right? Oh, sure, sure. We'll take it too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that and that's how it is. It's. Uh, it's one of those deals where if we get up to $100,000, then the funds come to us. If we don't hit the $100,000, the money goes back to the people who okay, gotcha. pledged cool. it. So it is somewhat um, like the like the Kickstarter, but you right. get a return it's, for your investment. It is that's a crowdfunded investment. Awesome. It's nice. absolutely crowdfunded investment. What distinguishes mm-hmm. it from a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter is that they're actually going to get paid back. This is a real investment with a real broker. That's right. It's gotcha. registered as an Edgar filing and uh, with the SEC and everything. Very cool. Awesome. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we have uh, an India Pale Lager to try from Boneyard Beer and Cloudburst Brewing. It is one of those collaborative beers. And it's going to be time for drinking news. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, coffee that. drags down there at the bottom. Welcome back. It's my... smoking and toasting. <laughs> we are uh, drinking coffee liqueur and loving life big time. We have uh, uh, we have uh, our guests in from Old Humble Distilling. We are uh, thrilled Cheers. to have Joseph on the show, and we're uh, we're very excited. Wanted to mention, by the way, before we get to drinking news, uh, big ups to a couple of people from our. Um, uh, from our show notes, hello to Jessica from Barrel Bourbon. She's so awesome. Who is awesome. And uh, Jessica's been too long. Let's do it again. And uh, also wanted to mention that Bruce Stark, one of our regulars, is on the road, so he's audio only today. Uh, ah. So, so uh, He also says, I think he was, he was talking about when we were talking about Alan, and I said, I care about Alan. He says, I care, too. Oh, see, the, <laughs> the network of people who care is growing. This all stemmed from... Um, uh, a review. I've only read one third of one review that anyone's ever written of the show, uh, and and I would have had to click see more mm-hmm. to uh, to read the rest of it. And I decided I would be at a better uh, place if I didn't go any further. But in the one third of one review that I read, the guy complained about several things. He said that we liked everything, which is not at all true it's, it's partially true but well, it's not a, it's not totally we have a tendency true. to bring on things that we think we're going to like so that probably <laughs> you know that probably has an influence in it but joe yeah, if your whiskey sucked like. i probably wouldn't have said hey come on the show like why would i oh, do right. that right that makes sense exactly you yeah know? 
Exactly. I mean, there's we a certainly bit of that. wouldn't have had you back a third time. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? You know, <laughs> that is fair. Yes. Uh, so, uh, so he he complained about that, but he also complained that we spent a lot of time talking about these two guys, Chris Hart and Alan Denny, who are friends of ours, been friends of the show for. Since, since the since very the beginning. beginning, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he says in his review, and this is right where I would have had to click see more, but I was able to see that he wrote, nobody cares about those guys. <laughs> so that's where that all came from. And it's been a long time since we even said that. That's why we always joke when we say Chris's name or Alan's name. You know, nobody cares about those guys. But actually, we care. We, are, we do care. We do care. So, And that's, that's good enough for us. Smoking um, and toasting because we care. Because we care, yeah. It's like that. You expect the little rainbow and the star from the CBS <laughs> Cares thing. Kind of, me, me, me. All right. Uh, so anyway, um, our buddy Alan Denny is uh, is one of those guys that we do actually care about. So there you go. All right, Ian. That's a great looking bottle of be- uh, a, a can of beer. Yes, it is. But I'm going to ask is, you if you. This if you, is. Loose Ends by Boneyard Brewing and uh, or Boneyard Beer and Cloudburst Brewing. Got both of their logos on it. This is a great looking can. This is a great looking label. It's got a um, it's got an astronaut whose tether has has been broken and he is just he's, randomly he's falling at loose ends, in space. Yes. He's very much at loose ends. Well, I, you, I was going to make you wait until after drinking news, but now you've got me thirsty. Oh, you so want to do drinking news well, first? No, now you got I me can... thirsty. Let's let's open the beer. Ooh, that was very interesting. That was it was a delayed uh, uh, pop top, yeah. but it was a very interesting uh, happy beer. Like a, whistle. Up a little bit, yeah. So this one is a collaboration. Uh, this beer, as we mentioned, it is from Boneyard Beer and Cloudburst Brewing. Boneyard from Bend, Oregon. Cloudburst Brewing from Seattle, Washington. And they got together and did an India Pale Lager, which you see sometimes, but not nearly as often. In my uh, in my searches through beer, usually it's an IPA, not an IPL. But there's a few of them out there, and I'll tell you one that I love uh, is Stone's uh, Tropic Thunder yes. India Pale Lager. That is a wonderful, wonderful concoction. I can tell you that. Um, so I'm looking forward to this, uh, and I have have high hopes. Cloudburst, uh, I'm familiar with uh, from several of the beers that we've tried here, and I'm, uh, I'm I like about. the dank on the nose. Yeah, it, it's a dank and a and a, a citrus fruit at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's a lot not of, it's not grapefruit though that I'm smelling. Uh, no, it's more like orange. You know, it reminds me of the orange. Like we've talked about this before. Zest, yeah. That pithy stuff in between the um, in between the yeah, yeah. the orange peel and the actual uh, mm-hmm. little piece of, of fruit and pulp. That sort of white stuff in there, which I usually peel off because I don't like, but I like the taste of it at the same time. This is like a little bit of bitter orange with mm. a snap of grapefruit on the end. I think it's delicious. It does remind me a bit of the Stone Tropic Thunder, except that has a much more distinct mango and pineapple in it than this does. This, this, you're right. More orange with a with a little smack of grapefruit on the end. I I think it's delicious. I think it's very very drinkable. And There's like a little bit of lemon in there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like retro hail lemon. Yes, I um, I agree. What do you what are you tasting? It's dry. Mm-hmm. Um get a lot back here. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot up here. Um But definitely a little tang on the tongue though. It's from got the a, citrus. it's got a lot of a lot of smell to it. Mm-hmm. And that fills up your mouth when you drink it. It's a mm. nice, thick mouthfeel, not a milkshake thick, but a, a, a definitely it, a thicker IPA. It, yeah. 
That's a or IPL. I it tastes a lot like a like a like a a, a wheat whiskey would taste. You know, mm. it's it's got that dry, right. crispy kind of, but it's not it's not to my on my palate. It's not fruity, dry crispness. It's just kind of dry. It's not quite woody either. It's like this more like the citrus zest, like you were saying, yeah, like as zesty. opposed to yeah. as opposed to that rounder fruity flavor that you get. Yeah, it's some. definitely not the meat of the the, uh, the meat of the fruit. You, it's more of the peel of the fruit. Yeah. There's a couple standout things on this. There's a mm. dankness to the um, love the dankness on the, on uh, the to finish. the aftertaste mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. that I really enjoy. Um, I love the mouthfeel on this. It's mm-hmm. it's got enough um, it's got <clears> enough <throat> bubbles to make it interesting and fun. I really want a giant pint glass of this uh-huh. with nice a little cold. bit of yeah. a frothy head on uh-huh. it because I bet that I would drink it way too fast. I will also say that I think the amount of carbonation here is perfect. One of the things that I've noticed as I've, you know, I spent the last year tasting a lot of different IPAs. And one of the things that I have noticed that I am not as excited about is when I get one that's got just a little too much carbonation on it for my for my palate. Mm-hmm. It seems to take away. Now I don't want it completely it can, flat yeah. either, but but if it's too bubbly, it almost takes away from you know experiencing the hot bitterness and and the the malt. But and stuff. flatness is okay. I used to go to uh, the what is it over in the um, the Ginger Man over in uh, Rice yes. Village, yeah. uh-huh. and they Crippless. used to have the cast conditioned Alyssa. Uh-huh. And there's no carbonation to that. Right. I mean, they literally are drawing it from the cask. Hmm. No carbonation, and that is so good. Well, you I, th- know, I like, think when I think you're that's where I've tasted this before. The Alyssa, that same it, kind of it, it reminds you yeah. of Alyssa. I, yeah. I was, I will just say that to me, I would rather have no carbonation at all in an IPA hmm. than than the to have much. a little too, too much. Too much is yeah. distracting, yeah. but it's also yeah. dependent on the beer itself too, and the flavor profile of the beer. Absolutely, some some handles carbonation better um, than others. Loose Ends IPL is a collaboration hmm. brewed in Bend, Oregon, with Cloudburst Brewing of Seattle, Washington. This India Pale Lager uh, has floral and perfume hop aromas derived from Citrus, Sultana, and Nelson Savin uh, hops. A very clean lager with a crisp finish makes this beer shine. I like it. It's it's. It's a lighter version of an IPA. It's got mm-hmm. the right kind of dankness on the end. Uh, it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make, making you happy is a good thing when it comes so, to So uh, loose ends plus me equals smiley face. I like mm-hmm. it. I like it. Uh, are you feeling in a happy enough place to give us uh, a little background music for drinking news? It's got this lingering flavor up here in my sinus. I haven't, I haven't I like done it. drinking news in a while. I don't know if I... I hope you remember the song. Interesting. It's coming back to me now. There we go. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. I asked about his missing arm. He said, uh, I I I tried to take my gator to the vet. I had no idea we were going to do that. <laughs> drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Drinking News uh, for episode number 216. A uh, gentle reminder uh, to all of our Drinking News friends out there that Drinking News stories are not necessarily always about drinking, but they're always appropriate 
to when discover you and listen to uh, if you've been or if you are uh, drinking. So today's drinking news starts out with our favorite three words for any drinking news story. A Florida man. <clears throat> drinking news. <laughs> drinking. Sorry, it's like when you say those words, I just want to play the song. I, I know, and I love can the I, song. Can I give you some background? I'm just going gonna, gonna, to like go through the chords go later for it. in the yeah, background. No, that, that'll be nice. A Florida man got what he paid for at a South Florida backyard zoo last year. The zoo advertised a low price of $150 for what they described as a full contact experience. For a mere hundred and a half, the Florida man was allowed to play with a leopard and take pictures. Mm. You know this is going to end well, right? <laughs> this being Florida, you should probably have already figured out how it ends. The man was badly mauled by the big cat, who was apparently in the mood to play. The owners of the licensed animal sanctuary were charged by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission with allowing full contact with an extremely dangerous animal, hmm. which is not even remotely legal. Uh, and they were cited for maintaining captive wildlife in an unsafe condition. Reporters were not able to substantiate rumors that Carol Baskin was somehow involved, although they all did seem reasonably sure that she did in fact kill her <laughs> husband. So uh, we have a couple of, uh, of pictures to go along with this for those on the video feed. This is a photo of what may Ooh, or I want to play with that. May or may not be the leopard from the story and then a photo of a woman who may or may not have Man. killed her husband. I look forward to the uh, pandemic being over so we can go to the bars and have full contact with very dangerous creatures <laughs> yeah, again. That's exactly that was kind right. of a sad story. I have to yeah. I have to um, I have to uh, Do you have a minor chord send version? out our drinking news with a drinking news drinking news Now it's time for drinking news. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, I was trying to get it to play again, but for some reason... I had to take my gator to the vet. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Cheers, y'all. Thank, thank you for being here for uh, Drinking News. So I appreciate who was that? that? <laughs> so it's $150 to play with a panther. To, yeah, uh, yeah to, in this case, a leopard, yes. Or yeah, a, uh, leopard. a leopard. Yeah. I wonder how much it would cost to box a kangaroo. <laughs> so we got to play that we got to play that version of the uh again pretty soon yeah um you know the uh the boxing kangaroo reminds me of a story one of my uh early uh, radio gigs i was uh, in oklahoma city i was working for a uh, top 40 station there uh it was kj 103 i think they still exist at the time we were known as power hits kj 103 and our station mascot back when stations had those type of things, was a kangaroo with boxing gloves on, just like in the old Bugs Bunny right, right. Uh, cartoon mm -hmm. things, right? So uh, one of my interns who helped out on, on the show uh, was able to make extra money by dressing up in the kangaroo thing and going out to, you know, car dealerships and different stuff where we would go out and, and do remote broadcasts. And she finally came in and quit one day because apparently every time she put on the kangaroo suit with the boxing gloves and there was a way for her to see like out the eyes up here but she couldn't see anything down here, <clears throat> little kids would apparently come up to her and punch her in the stomach just because she was there with boxing gloves on. <sighs> and all they saw was a big... <laughs> was a big mascot with boxing gloves on so they'd come and pow! And she was, you know, she was getting... Workman's comp from getting punched in the <laughs> stomach by little kids. It was uh, 
It was quite an experience. We I don't need know. to have. We need smoking toast and need sock and boppers. Are you familiar with those? What is sock and boppers? Those are the inflatable boxing gloves. Oh, oh. He, right. you, you heard him giggle. He yeah. knows what they are. So I thought you were talking about like <laughs> rock'em sock'em robots. Remember those uh, where you those do the little brilliant. thing? Hey, knock this block I off. had little boxing puppets when I was a kid. They'd do oh, like this. Yeah, I, I have you one of those. Your hand up the back and it's a boxing nun. Yes. Yes, I yes. have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just evolved into something very weird and not at all about uh, drinks or cigars, but that was kind of fun. Boxing a kangaroo drinking is both news. Yeah. Drinking That's what drinking news, news does. That's what yeah. it does. Now it's time for drinking news. <laughs> that is that is simultaneously one of my goals for 2021 and yeah. one of the reasons I my wife will not let me go to Australia. Because of boxing a kangaroo. Would, so you really want to do like I for real? You do for real? Like you a want to real do kangaroo? That'd be oh. awesome. I mean, I'd get the hell kicked out of me. <laughs> you really just need the picture more than yeah. anything. But you know, here's a fun fact. There's an aquarium going in uh, in Humble on Beltway Eight, just what is this west of Highway Fifty Nine. They're going to have kangaroos, and I've been told by my wife I cannot go. <laughs> but I'm thinking, you know, a couple hundred bucks, maybe uh, like, set up a ring, a little charity. Like the thing. guy that goes to the aquarium and you see him in swimming with the fish, he'd be the guy that'd be in boxing with the kangaroos. You can't, you can't box a fish. That's no fun. Uh, in 2021's already starting out better than 2020. It really is. We're we're talking about boxing kangaroos, and now I am going to be able to. <laughs> with a clear conscience, smoke the only Nat Sherman cigar that's ever been worth a damn. Ooh. A Timeless. A Timeless. Because Timeless, the brand, just got bought. Remember National really? Shutter? Uh, remember uh, Nat Sherman shut yeah, down yeah. all their premium cigars? Yep. Uh, Michael Hurlcotts and Brandon Scott have just brought the, bought the Timeless, Metropolitan, and Epoca brand. So uh, they are going to be putting out the same uh, formula, we're told, the same blend, uh, Timeless Cigars, and they will uh, be back um, soon. Uh, the cigars will be made in the Republic by uh, Quesada and in Nicaragua by Placencia. So I'm actually really stoked because I really liked the Timeless yeah. Cigar. But the only time I would ever you know, smoke one is when somebody who didn't mind supporting the big soulless company that owned them, like, say, Chris Hart, uh, would give me one. <laughs> so, uh, so, but, but he did give me a couple of Timeless. I smoked them. They were delicious. Yeah. And, and look, my, my boycott was a personal thing. I wasn't leading a boycott of Nat Sherman. Right. If, if, if you guys want to go out there and buy cigars from a company that's doing its very best to harm the cigar industry, by all means, go for it. If you can support them with a clear conscience, that's up to you. That's what I said. But I couldn't do it. I couldn't smoke. I didn't. I, there were too many other options. But I liked them. So now I'll be able yeah, to smoke them again with a clear conscience. That is, that is one of the this beautiful, happiness. beautiful things in the cigar industry right now. Are there are so many good options. Mm. There's so many good cigars out You're there. You're right about that. In fact, I was thinking about this when I was down at Alan's uh, shop and I was looking around trying to decide what I wanted to buy. He's like, you know, it's getting harder and harder to make a bad choice. Yeah. You know? And that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. And I think, speak to that when, where whiskey is concerned. Would you say that overall... The craft distilling um, movement has gotten us to a place that if I buy a bottle of whiskey off the shelf, don't know that much about it, but just decide I want to try it, are my chances higher of it being good than they were, say, five years ago, ten years ago? It depends. Uh, (laughs) All right, that's a fair answer. I mean, there's a lot of whiskey, like take Kentucky, for example. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of whiskey that comes out of Kentucky. 
there's a lot of good whiskey that comes out of Kentucky, but there's also a lot of really bad whiskey that there comes out of Kentucky. There are more barrels of whiskey in Kentucky than there are people in Kentucky. That's true. Mm, wow. Uh, but I don't like to say that there's bad whiskey and good whiskey. There's different whiskey and different... There's a flavor for your palate. Right. And you and may not like everything. Some people... Like, there's empirically bad whiskey. Some it comes people in plastic like bottles. Right. Yeah. Some people <laughs> legitimately like that stuff. Um, I don't... I don't understand it. I don't hang out with any of them. Fine. I think plastic <laughs> um, bottles no, for do. whiskey are innovative because if you're drinking and you want to pour yourself some more and you accidentally drop the bottle, well, yeah. it's probably not going to break. But yeah. y- I mean, generally, you get what you pay for. If it's an eight dollar bottle, if it's an eight dollar liter of whiskey, it's, you're getting an eight dollar liter of whiskey. Su- yeah. You shouldn't be surprised when it tastes like dumpster water. When it, when um, it doubles as you know paint thinner. <laughs> <laughs> but there's whiskeys that are like eighty percent neutral grain spirit, which isn't necessarily bad. It's just not the same as a 24-year-age single-barrel scotch, uh, you know, from some nunnery. And sometimes that's terrible, too. Huh? Uh, it depends on your flavor, your particular palate, and what you like. Uh, and a lot of times what you expect is not what you get. And what you get can be very unexpected. How long has it been since you guys actually released or sold commercially your first bottle of whiskey? 2003. 14 okay. is when we sold our first <clears throat> bottle of whiskey. So between then and now, do you find that you've gotten better at it? Or is it the type of thing where you had to you had to kind of get there to even start? I feel like I've gotten better at selling it and explaining it, and I've gotten I've definitely gotten better at making it. Each iteration uh, gets better and you better feel like and better the quality, and more consistent, and, uh, more consistent and, for sure. To say it. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've definitely gotten better at explaining what it is that you're getting in each bottle mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, and making that argument that, you know, you can go, you can go get a cheaper bottle of whiskey, but what you're, and, and what you're getting in that whiskey is definitely the whiskey that you've always had before. It's the same whiskey that your grandma had, or your grandpa had, your parents drank. You've drank it all your life. It's a habit whiskey. It's cheap. You know, you're familiar with it. What you're not buying with that bottle of whiskey, but you take home every single time, is the disappointment of not trying something new and not discovering something right. you like. Oh, it's a very, disappointment is very free, exciting. but yeah. it costs. <laughs> Every time you drink that whiskey. All right. We have started 2021 <laughs> with the most quotable line like in a long time. Disappointment, disappointment is, is free. free. Is free. But, and how did you say it? Disappointment is free, but it costs you every time. Every time you take a drink. I love that. It's free and you pay for it every no, single time you no take a No better drink. place to end the segment than right there. <laughs> we will be back with our final segment when we uh, taste from Weldworks Brewing Company the starriest night Imperial Milk Stout. Very excited about this. We'll be right back. It is smoking and toasted. Looking forward to that. Yeah. It is uh, good that you cut me off because I got another five minute rant. With <laughs> like when people go into the store and they spend 45 minutes looking at damn whiskey aisle. And then they grab Jack Daniels and go, right, right. what were you doing for 45 minutes? Just staring at bottles. Why? Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting, and Ian is standing by with outstanding sound effects. Go for it, Ian. Well, 
the cat bounced off a little early, but that was still pretty good. <laughs> I was hoping, was uh, I was hoping it would jangle good. around on the table a little bit. Yeah, I always like it when it makes lots of noise yeah. as it vibrates on the table. Uh, Weldworks Brewing Company is a, uh, a brewery we've sampled beers from before. But, Ian, you were thinking you might have seen this before, but I, I, looking at the bottle, it looks new, doesn't it? I don't. No, I've never seen this bottle before. If, if we've had this beer before, they've definitely changed the bottle. So hmm. uh, this is their Starriest Night. It is an imperial milk stout. It'll be the final thing that we taste on today's show. Oh, Cruz, you are going to love this. Yeah? What, what are you getting? What are you, where are you coming from? Stuff. Stuff. <laughs> All right, good. I'm going to pass this one to Adam, but I will. Uh, Looks as dark ooh. as my coffee liqueur. It is, it is dark. It is a little chunky. Yeah. It, 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 uh, so you're thinking this is going to be a chewy beer is what you think? Oh, yeah. Right. I love this already. It pours out of here. Slightly thinner than used motor oil. Yeah, I was going to say it has a certain viscosity to it, doesn't it? <laughs> so, you know, and I love <laughs> drink this with a fork. <laughs> I love big, ridiculous, sweet beers. Mm. <clears throat> well, this is, uh, and let's make sure we show this to the camera. Wildworks kind of Brewery, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very interesting. Starriest Night. I do love the bottle. Yeah, it's very It's cool. an Imperial Milk Stout. I think it's, I, I want to say it's 10.5. Is that right? It is. Uh, let's see, where are we? Uh. Brewed with milk, sugar, hazelnut. Milk sugar is one thing, not milk, comma sugar. Milk mm-hmm. sugar, comma hazelnut. Toasted coconut and milk chocolate. Holy 10.9%. Moly. It says dialed in beer. Mm. And it's got like a low, mid, and high uh, adjusted there. Ian, a lot of mids in this beer. You must try this. This has I a must. I just took, of flavor. There's I floaties just on the, the top of this. I love it already. I just took my uh, first sip, and I think you're going to love oh. it. Oh. Toasted coconut in the nose. The coconut oh, yeah. is way more present than I was expecting, mm. and that is not a bad thing. Oh, yeah, I'm for it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really got a wonderful. You know, we were talking about that with the cigars. This wonderful mix and blend of flavors that kind of are are more than their um, more than the sum of their parts. There's let a me, lot going on there. Mm-hmm. Let me point this out. If you spilled some of this. And you set your cell phone on it in about 15 minutes, you probably wouldn't be able to pick up your cell phone. Because it'd be too sticky? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be, be stuck to the, to the countertop, right? This I, is an adhesive. It's I amazing. It's, I love it. Yeah. Wow. I think it's delicious. It is super thick. I haven't had to chew any of it yet. It's a ridiculous. I love the coconut. But this is a ridiculous, like, like crazy huge mouthfeel on this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so big and round and sweet. I absolutely am loving this. The um, the hazelnut is is like right there in the back. The toasted coconut is right up front. The milk chocolate's interesting because I think like you can taste the chocolate, but the milk chocolatey mm-hmm. part that you usually get, I think, is uh, is buried a little under the coconut. Yeah, coconut and cocoa are what I are what I think are predominant here. Um, but it's got a little bit of a booziness to it that's just wonderful. See, if you look at the bottom of this now, I'm starting to get kind of low. So there's. You can almost see through parts of this beer, mm-hmm. but this probably looks a lot like your coffee liqueur mm. before you strain it. I wonder, just out of curiosity, I'm going to actually go back to the coffee liqueur after this and see whether they yeah, play nice with each other. Oh, yeah. I yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Wow. Yeah, I love this. Go back to the coffee liqueur. Do you have any left? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I, I know we're. I think we may be able to get some. Um, I know a guy. I know a guy. <laughs> Which one had coffee liqueur? No, no. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Just, just want to see what you think when you go back from one to the other. It, it definitely is a. The coffee liqueur definitely. That's my favorite we, part. But we said this when we when we first sampled it. 
definitely a different coffee flavor oh. than the coffee flavor that you're getting in the Imperial. So Stout. it pulls out kind of a kind of a. It pulls out the uh, the, the caramelyness like mm-hmm. huge, a little of the coffee, but it also pulls out some. Uh, you know that powdery chocolate. Yes, yes, that gritty sort of cocoa. Uh, Cocoa-y, powdery chocolate mm-hmm. kind of flavor that you I get. I love that. It's yeah, it's kind of in there. Well, I will tell you that what I think maybe even better is having a sip of the coffee liqueur first. Mm-hmm. And then going back to the beer, yeah. it really opens up the beer in a way that I wasn't experiencing it's, it it's before. It's the hazelnut and coconut that's all mm-hmm. floating up at the top of my uh, uh, top of your sinus cavity. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, there's the sweetness like, on the tongue as it goes down, but there's that that aroma, the hazel aroma up there at the top. I'm for it. I broke mine. Let me fix it. Uh, <laughs> seemed like you may have a problem with your cup there, Ian. Yes, that's a um, that's a one beer night there. That's a, that is a one beer night. You're right. <laughs> and just because it's so thick and so heavy, that like, I'll, I'll nurse that for so a while. this this strikes me as you know every now and then we open one of these you know bigger bottles mm-hmm. that we're having on the show and, and it's very good, it's very tasty, but this oh. one strikes me as one of those that would be special. Like Ian, if you came over to the house. And we were going to spend the evening smoking and drinking something really interesting. This would be the kind of bottle to open for that, where we'd be sharing it and talking about it, and it would be the topic of some conversation. Wiki Brian says, improved from, improved from previous release, they doubled the toasted coconut, raw well, coconut, tell. hazelnut, and milk chocolate. 250 pounds of chocolate syrup into well, that. I wonder if we might have had a previous release. But if we did, this is yeah. more coconutty and more sugar. chocolatey. This is huge. This is beautiful. It's, it's enormous. And it's By really the way, good. Wiki Brian, you would absolutely love this. <laughs> <laughs> want to say uh, hi to Wiki Brian, hi to Bruce, hi to all of our uh, regulars that are uh, back with us after a little break for the holidays. Thank you so much. We are smoking and toasting. Want to say Joseph Breda from Old Dumble Distilling. Another hit I think you guys have here Thank you much. with this. I'm excited about looking forward on the shelves. And if that happens, when might well, we it'll, see it? It'll definitely be in the distillery by by the time we're able to open up to the public again, which should be March or April. March or April. Okay. Um, when this uh, uh, capital raise successfully completes, mm-hmm. we'll be able to do a lot more, and I'll know a lot more about what will be available in stores and it's, with the capital raise. Because our bourbon may only be available in the distillery, but we get $100,000 for that capital raise. I can get out of the stores. It can get out in the yeah. stores. And it's oldumbledistilling.com. Oldumbledistilling.com, Involved yes. in the capital raise. And it's all explained there as far as how it's it works. there, how it works. Different tiers of it. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Well, tiers. Uh, we'd really like to thank you for being on the show and for bringing along this delicious concoction. Thank you for having me. Uh, it has been absolutely wonderful. Uh, Ian, it's good to see you again, my friend. It is good to see you. Happy New Year, I, man. Uh, thank you. I brought Ian the tail end of his Christmas present, uh, which was a, uh, a can that I'd been saving for him of Vader Von Pills oh, and, yes. a, uh, and a couple of uh, cigars, which I now so understand delicious. are the only two cigars <laughs> in his humidor. So I'm worried about you, my friend. Uh, <laughs> you call me if you get into a bind, okay? If I get into a bind, I, I, have, I have to make an order. I think I have to do, I have to do that pretty quick. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for being a part of this. Thank you for hanging with us through the holidays. And we will see you back here again uh, one week from today as we do another Smoking and Toasting. We'll begin looking at those uh, best cigars of the year. we got a lot of year in list to go over. That'll be fun, and so we look forward to it. Thanks again, sir. Cheers, uh, y'all. Cheers, y'all.